Hi, this is Claudia Opper. Welcome back to another episode of Audio Law, the law podcast for busy people, brought to you by Illustrated Law. In this episode, we'll be talking about indirect contact and how it applies to a battery charge. We'll be answering questions such as, can there be a battery without an assault? And what about if there was no physical contact? Is that still a battery? We'll be discussing these questions in the case Fisher v. Carousel Motor Hotel, Incorporated, 424 Southwestern Reporter, 2nd Edition, 627, from the year 1967. Let's go ahead and dig into the facts of this case. The plaintiff, Fisher, had been invited by Ampex Corporation and Defense Electronics to a one-day meeting regarding telemetry equipment at the carousel. The invitation included a luncheon. The guests were asked to reply by telephone whether they could attend the luncheon, and Fisher called in his acceptance. After the morning session, the group of 25 or 30 guests adjourned to the Brass Ring Club for lunch. The luncheon was buffet style, and Fisher stood in line with others and just ahead of a graduate student of Rice University who testified at the trial. As Fisher was about to be served, he was approached by Flynn, who snatched the plate from Fisher's hand and shouted that he, a Negro, could not be served in the club. Fisher testified that he was not actually touched and did not testify that he suffered fear or apprehension of physical injury, but he did testify that he was highly embarrassed and hurt by Flynn's conduct in the presence of his associates. The jury found that Flynn, quote, forcibly dispossessed plaintiff of his dinner plate, unquote, and, quote, shouted in a loud and offensive manner, unquote, that Fisher could not be served there thus subjecting Fisher to humiliation and indignity. It was stipulated that Flynn was an employee of the Carousel household and, as such, managed the Brass Ring Club. The jury also found that Flynn acted maliciously and awarded Fisher $400 actual damages for his humiliation and indignity and $500 exemplary damages for Flynn's malicious conduct. So, what question do we have for this case? The issue here is whether there was evidence that an actionable battery was committed, and, if so, whether the two corporate defendants must respond in exemplary as well as actual damages for the malicious conduct of Flynn. Let's keep moving on to the reasoning. And the reasoning for this case includes a variety of quotes from different cases, different citations. So I'll be noting when the court is citing from another case, quoting some other materials and um, trying to reiterate what's happening as we move through the reasoning. So just be mindful of that. There can be a battery without an assault, 
and that actual physical contact is not necessary to constitute a battery, so long as there is contact with clothing or an object closely identified with the body. Quote, The interest in freedom from intentional and unpermitted contacts with the plaintiff's person is protected by an action for the tort commonly called battery. The protection extends to any part of the body, or to anything which is attached to it, and practically identified with it. Thus, contact with the plaintiff's clothing, or with a cane, a paper, or any other object held in his hand, will be sufficient. The plaintiff's interest in the integrity of his person includes all those things which are in contact or connected with it." Unquote. Before we continue with the reasoning, let's pause and think about what this quoted text is telling us. To answer one of the questions that I posed at the beginning of this episode, we see that a battery doesn't need physical contact to someone's body. From this cited text, we see that coming into contact even with someone's clothing, something that they're holding in their hands, that's sufficient to qualify as battery. So let's keep going. The intentional snatching of an object from one's hand is as clearly an offensive invasion of his person as would be an actual contact with the body. Quote, To constitute an assault and battery, it is not necessary to touch the plaintiff's body or even his clothing. Knocking or snatching anything from plaintiff's hand or touching anything connected with his person when done in an offensive manner is sufficient. Unquote. So from this block of text, it goes even further. Now we learn that for a battery to take place, yes, it can be when there's offensive contact to clothing, but it doesn't even have to be an object like clothing or a cane like we saw in the last citation. This citation is telling us that even knocking or snatching anything from the plaintiff's hand or touching anything connected with the person, as long as the action is committed in an offensive manner, then that's sufficient to be considered battery. The rationale for holding an offensive contact with such an object to be considered a battery is explained in one restatement of torts, 2nd edition, section 18, as follows, quote, Since the essence of the plaintiff's grievance consists in the offense to the dignity involved in the unpermitted and intentional invasion of the inviolability of his person, and not in any physical harm done to his body, it is not necessary that the plaintiff's actual body be disturbed unpermitted and intentional contacts with anything so connected with the body as to be customarily regarded as part of the other's person and therefore as partaking of its inviolability is actionable as an offensive contact with his person. There are some things such as clothing or a cane or, indeed, anything directly grasped by the hand which are so intimately connected with one's body as to be universally regarded as part of the person." Unquote. Mental suffering is 
compensable in suits for willful torts, quote, which are recognized as torts and actionable independently and separately from mental suffering or other injury, unquote. Damages for mental suffering are recoverable without the necessity for showing actual physical injury in a case of willful battery, because the basis of that action is the unpermitted and intentional invasion of the plaintiff's person and not the actual harm done to the plaintiff's body. Personal indignity is the essence of an action for battery, and consequently, the defendant is liable not only for contacts which do actual physical harm, but also for those which are offensive and insulting. There, we have the reasoning for Fisher v. Carousel Motor Hotel, and before we wrap up this case, let's hear a word from this episode's sponsor. This episode was brought to you by Illustrated Law. Order your Illustrated Law book today on Amazon for only $15. Unlike traditional law books, Illustrated Law books have illustrations, practice questions with answers, key takeaway summaries, and so much more. It's the simple way to learn law efficiently. There are currently three Illustrated Law books available, and those are Constitutional Law, Torts Concepts, and Criminal Procedure, Investigation, and Justice. Head over to Amazon to peek inside those books and order yourself a copy. Let's get back to the case with the holding. We have no difficulty in holding that the intentional grabbing of plaintiff's plate constituted a battery. The forceful disposition of plaintiff Fisher's plate in an offensive manner was sufficient to constitute a battery, and the trial court erred in granting judgment notwithstanding the verdict on the issue of actual damages. Plaintiff was entitled to actual damages for mental suffering due to the willful battery, even in the absence of any physical injury. When we began this case, I posed two questions, and those were whether a battery could happen without assault, and does it still count as a battery if there's no physical contact to the person? Now that we've gone through the facts of the case, the reasoning, and the holding, we're able to sufficiently answer those questions. In fact, to the first question, it was one of the first issues brought up in the reasoning. It was clearly stated that there can be a battery without an assault, and that actual physical contact is not necessary to constitute a battery. We then went through the details about how if something is in the hands of a person, and it's held in such a personal manner that an offensive attack on that object would be as if an attack on the person. In situations like that, it's still a battery, even if there hasn't been physical contact to a person directly. So as we're reviewing this case, here are a few key takeaways. No actual contact with a person is required to establish battery. There was an offensive invasion of the person in this case. Dignity extends to items held or worn. 
indirect non-physical contact still constitutes battery. Another takeaway is that battery includes intentional invasion of one's person slash things connected to one's person. And in this situation, we see how that protects one's dignity. And in regards to this case, this action would now likely fall under tort for intentional infliction of emotional distress, since as stated in the facts of the case, we saw how the plaintiff expressed um, large degrees of humiliation and indignity. But when this case was originally heard in 1967, it became more of an issue of indirect contact and the defendants were held liable for the battery charge. Thank you for listening to this episode of Audio Law. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure to tell your friends about Audio Law and check out some of our other podcasts. As Audio Law is the law podcast for busy people, I hope this episode helped make your day a little less busy.